and to feel God's presence, amen, in this place. Amen. We're going to grab our Bibles and we're going to turn open to the book of Acts chapter 2 and verse 46. But as we are turning that direction, I want to make, amen, one more announcement that I didn't put on the announcements um, for all of for all of the men in the building uh, first church of san jose is having their men's conference this friday and saturday uh, we probably would have made an effort to go or to uh, get a group together but uh, i just got the text today that it was going on so <laughs> one of those things a big miss high five but i told brother shoemaker that we would that we would announce it if you want to drive over amen and have a great time uh, be blessed and go in jesus name and then also, as we're turning in our Bibles, we want to say a special prayer request for Brother Lavin. As you might notice, he's been out for the last uh, few services, amen, uh, but uh, having kidney stones and then repeat kidney stones and then an allergic reaction to the medicines and, and all of that stuff. But they've been listening to church online, and I told them we'd be praying for him. Uh, so as a body of believers, would you lift up your hands right now, extend them towards heaven, and begin to pray that God would touch your brother. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Jesus. We give you praise and glory, God. We're asking, Lord, that you would touch Brother Lavin. Amen. And Sister Lavin, as she takes care of Brother Lavin, that you would bless them, heal him, and bring them back to the house of God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Hallelujah. We're going to go to Acts chapter 2 and verse 46. Hallelujah. Acts 2 and 46. The Bible says, And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. And I want to teach us for a few moments on this subject, community, community. Would you set down your Bibles and lift up your hands and let's pray that God would deposit this into our spirits here tonight. Come on, church, let's pray. Hallelujah, Lord, we know that your word will not return void and we're asking that it would go forth and accomplish that which it was sent out to do. God, I'm so grateful, amen, that we are able to receive your word and to engraft it into our lives. We give you praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Turn around, shake your neighbor's hand, tell them God bless you before you seat it. Hallelujah. Amen. It's so good to see everybody smiling face here tonight. Amen. What a wonderful time we had this last Sunday. Amen. How many is grateful for the moving of God's spirit? Hallelujah. Amen. We've been talking for the last several weeks. We've been talking about fellowship, um, restoring fellowship. And uh, we've been breaking this down uh, because this is all part of the culture of the kingdom. And uh, we, can, we can have all sorts of things right. Uh, we can have our doctrine right, and we do, amen, and we need to keep that right. But right in line with the doctrine was that they were, that they had fellowship. They had this, this idea of, of an intimate relationship with one another, amen, a, a deep connection, a community, a body of believers. 
And uh, in order for us to truly receive the, the very last portion of, of Acts chapter 2, where the Lord added daily such as should be saved, I think that we've got to take a moment and we've got to actually set apart some time and talk about this subject called community. We've got to break down fellowship, amen, and, and go to that extent. Somebody told me, uh, you, you, you really, you get what you preach and you get what you teach. And uh, I'm fully believing that and I'm anchoring my life on the word of God that uh, we will have a church of community. We will have a culture of community. How many wants that? Hallelujah. And so when we look at community and, and some would say, well, we've already kind of talked about this. The Bible says that it is the grafted word of God which is able to save our souls. Uh, anybody want to take a stab at what that means? That is when you are engraving, you are etching Amen. Over and over and over again until it makes itself permanent. Amen. So what God is doing every time we come together is God is etching. It's line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. God is etching things in our spirit and into our culture as a church. Amen. And one of those things that we are talking about is this idea and this concept of community. Community by definition, Brother Webster would say that it is a group of people with a common characteristic or interest uh, in living together in, the, in, in, in a very close community or area, if you will, within a larger society. They would say that community can also be a location. When we talk about community, we could talk about that there are different communities across our city and, uh, and those that have similar groupings and ideologies and characteristics. Uh, but I would venture to say that that the definition of biblical community would go a, a little bit different than just being in the same area. Uh, it goes a little bit different than us just having common characteristics or common interests. Because I know that the church is a little bit different than the rest of the world. You can't just group us and say, well, yeah, it's, it's just that they're all alike. Because if you were to talk to some of us, uh, we share very little in common, right? Hallelujah. Amen. Some of us share a little less in common than others. Some share more in common than others. But, uh, but that's the beauty of the church is that we are actually defying, amen, the, the culture of our world. That their idea of community is we have to have everything in common. That we've got to all be the same. That we've got to think the same, act the same. We have to have the same interests. Uh, there's people in this building that like golf and like fishing, amen. And there's others that could care less about golf or fishing. If you like them, great. If you don't, okay. Hallelujah. But yet we come together anyways. There is a world out there that will only gather together based on their, their likenesses, their similarities. But I want to tell you in the church, we don't come together based on our likenesses or our similarities. Amen. We come together sometimes based on the fact that we are different. Amen. Sometimes God brings us together, amen, for no other reason than to edify one another. The Bible says that iron sharpens iron, and so does a man sharpen the countenance of his friends. The only way you can sharpen an iron can sharpen iron is when there's friction and when there's connectivity. Amen. But the, 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 the right amount of friction and the right type of friction, amen. It's not, uh, you, if you hit two blades together, they're going to end up dulling one another. But if they, if they glide along one another, they're going to sharpen one another. So how there's confrontation matters. Hallelujah. 
And, uh, and how we come in together into community really does matter. Our intention when we come together is not to dole one another out. Amen. It's not to uh, break one another down. It's to build one another up. Hallelujah. So, biblical community, if I were to define it uh, from what I would say would be the right way to look at it, that we are a group of people that care about one another, and we feel that we belong together. We don't always have everything, amen, in common. We don't always share the same ideologies. We don't always have the same characteristics. Amen. You might be a little bit more introverted, and I might be a little more extroverted, but that's all right. We can still come together in community. Biblical community would be groups of human beings. Communities are not made up of animals. We're made up of human beings. Amen. We are in groups. We have come together. But we've come together with the express purpose to be in relationship. We've come together for one simple reason, and that's to have relationship. But the reason that we have come together is because we share an identity. Hallelujah. We share an identity. What gives us community is not always our similarities. But I will say this, that our shared identity was given by Jesus Christ. Somebody said, how can I join the church? How can I be a part of this community? And, I, and they say, well, is it based on, uh, do I have to shake the, pay, the preacher's hand? Do I have got to sign a card? What affiliations do I need to be a part of this community? And I look back at that individual and I would tell them, you got to be born into this community. Well, that's not fair. There's no way I could be born into this community. Uh, do you know the bloodline I come from and the family I come from? And I just look back at him and I tell him, guess what? There's beautiful news. Uh, you can be born again. Can I tell somebody, and I didn't come to preach, but I might as well for just a moment. The way you get into the church, the way you get into the ark, the way you get into heaven, you got to be born again of water and of spirit. Come on, you want to know where your identity comes from? It doesn't come from the world out there. It comes from the fact that you were born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible by the word of God. Oh, somebody praise him. Hallelujah. If you're thankful to be born again into his church, into his community, somebody praise him. Hallelujah. Man, we share an identity, and our identity is found in Jesus Christ. Amen. And in this community, we are building, we've got to, we've already talked about fellowship, koinonia. We've talked about, amen, it's more than just, uh, just coming together based on interest. It's coming together based on we're trying to build relationship. We are also trying, amen, to establish our identity as a body of believers. There are two main human needs that are sought for in a community. People have some very basic needs, and uh, we don't have time to talk about all the human needs, but, uh, you know, there are some basic human needs that we need, to, we need to understand. People have two very basic things they're looking for in a community. They want to feel needed and noticed. Hallelujah. People come to a community, whether it's the church or any other community, 
And they are looking to fulfill those two needs, to be needed and noticed. In order to be needed, we have to, we have to look and understand the biblical context of what we are needed for. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 25. For those that are saying, I just don't know where I'm needed in the church. I don't know where I'm needed in the community. 1 Corinthians 12 and 25, the Bible says that there should be no schism, disconnection in the body. The body of what? The body of Christ. But that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are in the bo- you are the body of Christ, but get this, we are members in particular. I'm not going to do an exegesis of this entire passage, amen, and go down, but suffice it to say, Paul begins to break down and tell people that there are differences of administrations in the body. There are differences of purpose. He would talk about that some would be the hand, some would be the foot. Uh, Sometimes I feel like the foot, hallelujah. I feel like the stub toe of Jesus. But everybody's got a place in the body. Let me say that again. Everybody's got a place in the body. And it is not the responsibility of anybody else in the church to find your place. Let me say that for somebody else in the back. It is not somebody else's responsibility to find your place in the body. There are many people that would walk out of the church community because they don't feel needed. And they walk out and they will blame everyone else because they did not find their place in the body. But I want you to know it's not anybody else's responsibility. It is your responsibility to hit your knees and pray. Grab your Bible, get you a prayer life, a Bible study life, find yourself a place of fasting, a time of fasting, get a hold of God and say, God, what is my place in the community and in the body of Christ? Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, for just a few moments, there's folks here today that you are struggling because you do not know your place in the body But I've come to tell you, you can have your answer here tonight. You just got to pray and seek God for it. Amen. People want to feel needed, but often people will get discouraged because they don't find the need. And often people will get discouraged as well because they misplace their need. They think that they are needed in a particular area, but that is not their gifting. I'm going to talk to somebody. Hallelujah. You, not everybody can be the hand, not everybody can be the foot, not everybody can be the mouthpiece. Amen. Not everybody's gifted and called to preach. When we say somebody's called of God, almost we just think, bless God, they're called to preach. No. Now, there are going to be people that are called to preach the gospel. Amen. And, and what I mean by that is everybody's called to preach the gospel to the sinner. Hallelujah. Uh, But there are specific offices, and he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Those offices are going to be fulfilled by some folks. Amen. There will be a very specific calling on the life of an individual to fulfill in that particular position in the church. But not everybody 
is going to be an apostle. Not everybody's going to be a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, or a teacher. There are different areas in the kingdom where you are needed. I know some people that get frustrated. I just want to sing in the church. Well, that's all right. You, you might sing in the church. You might never sing in the church. But sometimes we've got to be honest and uh, get a recording of ourselves singing. I just feel called to God. I'm going to get up and preach a word, and, and, and we fumble over everything we're here to say. Uh, I just feel like God's anointed me to be uh, this, that, and the other. Uh, but maybe that's not your gifting, and that's all right. But that means God has something for you. There's a lot of people that, uh, that think, well, you know, the only way I could be used of God is when I'm in front of everybody. And when I'm up there, uh, you know, doing something and everybody can see me. I, I want you to know that that's not the only place you can be used of God in this community. Hallelujah. You know, you may not know it, know it, but I every time my pastor tried to get me up, in fact, he called me up and he said, uh, one day, I, I mean, I was brand new in church. He said, you're going to start leading worship. Brother Jonathan, you know how that goes, right? And I had never sang in the choir, never been on the praise team, and I promise you, I'm not a very good singer. He just said, I'm going to make you do it. And I said, okay, let's, uh, you're going to train me, we're going to get in this. And he goes, no, 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 you're doing it on Friday night. No training. And, and what, what most people may not know is I actually don't like being in front of a lot of people. I know that probably just blew somebody's mind. I really don't. I would rather be in a group of two or three people than in, t in front of a huge crowd. And uh, back then, I didn't want to. I didn't want to talk to people. I didn't want to look at people. I used to be very introverted. I know I'm blowing somebody's mind right now, uh, but just because you're introverted doesn't mean you always have to be that way. Sometimes we use psycho uh, babble to try to ignore uh, why we're really not growing and becoming better. And so, well, I just I'm just not that type of person. That's okay. That's what the Holy Ghost is in you for. To bring the best out of you. Oh, somebody, hallelujah. And, and, and so uh, they, he said, you're going to get up and leave worship. I, I'm telling you, my knees were knocking. I was shaking. I didn't even know the words of the song. I'd never sang in church before. I had a tie down here. Uh, I didn't even have a suit coat. My pastor looked at me and said, where's your suit coat? And I said, I don't own one. He said, well, find one. And I, I was broker than a joke, hallelujah. And I said, okay, I'll find one. Uh, thank, thank God for the saint in the church that bought me a suit coat. But. Uh, I, I just, my knees are knocking, I'm scared out of my mind, and, uh, and, then, and then it's like, hey, can you join the usher department? Now I gotta, I gotta sing in front of people, I gotta shake people's hands and get in front of people. I'm just, I'm scaring some folks right now, hallelujah. And, and, and I didn't understand it at the moment, but what was God doing? God was, God was removing all my excuses. Amen. And God was trying to get me to my place in the body. And if you ignore those little tugs where God, he's not always going to call you to go to Africa and China. Amen. Sometimes he's going to call you to do little things first. In fact, I would venture to say this. God always calls you to do the little things first. And how you serve in that area, God then presents you to the next area and the next area and the next moment, the next season. And he's developing you. Amen. Amen. So that you can find your place in the body, that you can find where you are meant to be particularly. Amen. Hallelujah. So... Everybody's got a place in the body. Everybody's got a place in the community. Your place may not be somebody else's place. Don't be jealous of somebody else, amen, and where they're at because you might be shocked. Maybe they don't even want to be where they are or doing what they're doing, but God has called them. They found their place, and they're fulfilling their role. 
And uh, some people, they think, well, I just want to do that. And, and we've got to go back and ask the root question. Why do you want to be used in that area? I'm just breaking some stuff down here tonight. I hope that's all right. What is it? If you were to go to the root of why you want certain things, what is it? Is it the fact that we, we feel insecure, so therefore we want to subvert our insecurities, amen, by, by going into this other role? Or is it that we truly want to serve in the body of Christ and we truly want to be in the kingdom helping, amen, and bringing things forward? Amen. We've got to be willing to be honest and say, okay, what is it about that? Is it because God's calling me or there's something else inside of me and God's not calling me, but I want to be in that position or I want to be in that area? I, I would venture to say that it takes humility to find your place in the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Because God might ask you to do something you'd never want to do in a million years. And, uh, but if you have humility... The Bible says, humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, and in due time, due season, he'll exalt you. It takes finding a place of humility and saying, God, where do you want me to be? I would have never, I'm telling you, never in a million years guessed I'd be pastoring. Uh, but God starts working in little ways to get you where you need to be. Amen. So to be needed, amen, to find where you're needed, often it's sometimes trial and error. It's prayer. It's fasting. It's getting in the word of God. And uh, somebody says, well, what's the will of God for my life? I heard an elder say this one time. He said, it's the present task at hand. Where are you needed in the body? Look for deficiencies and don't criticize deficiencies. But when you see deficiencies in the body, you come to its aid. Because when one part of the body suffers, the whole body suffers. But when all the body is, when one part of the body is rejoicing, the whole body is rejoicing. Amen. When we find our place, we are, we are shoring up the weaknesses of the body. We are, we are looking for what is needed and what is necessary. And anytime you feel like, God, I just don't feel like I'm being, I'm needed. I'm just not needed. Well, look for where there is need and you will feel needed. Hallelujah. Somebody clap your hands. So. People want to be needed, and uh, and it will come down to sometimes it's a little more difficult for some people to find where they're needed. Uh, there are needs. I'll tell you this. Let me shout out for Brother Machado. We need good ushers. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me shout out for Brother Worley and the Worley clan. We need sound men. Amen. Let me shout out for the Johnson family. We need more bass players, guitar players. There's, Amen. There, there's a lot of needs that are there. Uh, let me shout out for the Sunday school. We need Sunday school teachers, drivers, and helpers. Well, Pastor, I thought I, thought I was going to get a word, and there was just going to be this moment where I felt the light come down from heaven. No. Uh, finding the will of God is opening your eyes and saying, where am I needed? Where is their need? And asking if you can fulfill that need. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's move on from there. I hope we all understand that. So uh, people get discouraged when they don't feel needed, often because they've not looked for where they're needed or looked for needs that they can fulfill, and they leave the community or the body of Christ. Uh, but when we get this revelation that we are all members in particular, God's got a specific plan and anointing, you will affect people I will never affect. Amen. You have a, you have a gifting and a calling that I do not have, and that is the beauty of the body of Christ. Amen. But people also have a need to be noticed. If we have our Bibles, let's turn to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 21. Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 4 and 21, the Bible says, 
Salute every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren which are with me greet you. Skipping over to 3 John chapter 1, verse 14. The Bible says, But I trust I shall shortly see you, and we shall speak face to face. Peace be to thee. Our friends salute thee. Greet the friends or the saints by name. I'm going to get real spiritual on some folks. The word greet means to embrace, to salute, to hug, so on and so forth. I'm going to get real spiritual. When you come into church, put your phone down. Get outside of yourself. Well, I don't know if I like people. That's all right. They might not like people either. Shake their hand or give them a fist bump. We ought to be known as the friendliest church in Carson City. And I think we're pretty close. Hallelujah. We ought to be known as the most loving community. When people think of our church, I, I'm telling you, they, they ought to say, man, they were just so friendly. Uh, you know, I got on, I got on the, the, the Google uh, for the church, and if you haven't rated us five stars on Yelp or Google, go ahead and do it. Don't rate one star, please. That doesn't mean good. That means bad. Uh, and say something nice about the church. That will help people see us. But I saw in there there was a lot of visitors that were saying uh, how friendly everybody was. I want to say that's a huge compliment to the church. Amen. Somebody put it this way. You never get a second chance at a first impression. Never. When they walk through the doors, uh, we should not say, well, that's Brother Machado's job. Or Sister Machado's job. Or, or Sister Johnson. Or whoever's greeting. That's their job. And we just go about and we're so into ourselves, we don't get outside of ourselves. We, we ought to get outside of ourselves. And guess what? Do what the Bible says. Greet them. Salute them. Say hello. Good to see you. It's good to have you. Amen. Uh, find somebody in the church. If you know who they are, if they're a visitor, if you know their name, the Bible's saying greet them by name. Uh, if it's a person in the church, now that now what am I saying? Do you have to say, uh, you know, it, it's Brother Troy, it's so good to see you, Brother Troy. Brother Troy, how you doing, Brother Troy? No, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, Brother Troy, it's good to see you. Amen. Love you. Saluting and greeting people is, is, is part, amen, of building a community where people feel noticed. Amen. Now, I didn't pull up this verse, but the Bible says, greet your brother with a holy kiss. We ain't going to go into that. That is, that is very Eastern. We ain't doing that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, just thank God. I went to a church one time. I, I probably shouldn't tell this story. I went to a church one time. There was probably, uh, we're out here, let's just do it. Let's have fun. It's Wednesday night. Uh, there, I went to a church one time. It was one of those, you come to my church, I'll come to your church. It was on the bad side of town. The building was dilapidated and leaning to the side, and I, I was pretty certain that uh, if I just pushed on the pillars like Samson, it would fall over. Uh, the pastor was blind, uh, not to make fun of anybody who's blind, but the pastor was blind. There was uh, about four or five people, and I think there was three teeth between them all. And uh, the pastor said, now, get out of your seat and greet your brother with a holy kiss. And I looked at my friend and I said, if they come over here, I'm going to knock that last tooth out. <laughs> and, uh, and that is culturally acceptable. Uh, but in this culture, it was kissing them on the cheek. They'd still do this in France and some other countries. It's a greeting. It's not a greeting in America. So please, hallelujah. 
you, you try to greet my wife with a holy kiss, you're going to get a holy fist. Hallelujah. So, uh, but he tried to tell me, oh, no, it's biblical. And they kissed on the lips. It was weird. It was weird. Let me tell you, there's some weird doctrines out there. We've got to set it straight. Listen, can we just can we just shake hands? Is that all right? Can we just give people fist bumps? Can If you know them and they're comfortable, give them a side hug. Amen. I hope that's all right. But, but there are a lot of weird doctrines out there. Uh, but it is biblical to greet one another. I know that that just sounds like deep theology. But let me just say this as a pastor. You can argue if you want, but please don't. Please wash your hands. With soap. Please, I'm not going to hug you if you've not worn deodorant, you've not taken a shower. I don't want to hug you. If you just, if you know, hey, listen, if you know you just done shouted and praised God, we, we shout and praise God around here. Uh, we let loose and we let go. Uh, I, I, I've been preaching and people want to come up and hug me and I'm all sweaty and I let them, you know, I kind of give them the side pat, you know, because I'm being courteous. Like, you really don't want to hug me right now. I mean, you you got you to gotta understand that some people are just coming from, it's, it's enough for them to shake your hand and they don't want to have to worry about all these other things. There's germaphobes out there. I would put myself almost in that borderline germaphobe. Amen. Uh, you just got to travel long enough to feel that, that spirit of germaphobe. Hallelujah. But, uh, but you, you just got to be self-aware because when you greet somebody, you want, the, you want them to feel noticed. You don't want them to think, I don't ever want to come back. You know, I read an article that said one of the number one reasons that people don't come back to a church, it's going to blow your mind, is if the church smells. Hey, hallelujah. Thank you to all those that clean the church. That blessed smell of Clorox, it is a sweet savor before the Lord. I'm probably taking it out of context, but you know in the tabernacle and in the temple, they had incense. <laughs> they were trying to make God smell something fabulous and glorious. Amen. When we come to church, let's do our best to present ourselves in a manner that is becoming of Christians that's clean. And, uh, and when we do greet one another, brush your teeth. Brother Brethman, I got him in the office. You come grab as many as you want. They are free. These are communion. You can take them. Hallelujah. But, you know, we laugh and we joke, but what are we doing? What, why, do I, why do I keep teaching on this and saying this? Because we have people that are visiting our church, and we want them to come back. Hallelujah. It takes a lot of work to get some people to come to church for the first time. And it takes work to get them to come back. We should not be a stumbling block. Hallelujah. And if it takes a mint to pray somebody through the Holy Ghost, let's start giving them out by the droves in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Somebody clap your hands. And so we've got to make people feel noticed as well as needed. And part of that is, is, is acknowledging their existence. Now, this goes two ways. I said this last week. I'll say this again. Don't be offended if somebody doesn't shake your hand. It could very well be that they're busy. they got a lot on their mind, a lot on their plate. They're not trying to be rude. If you really want to shake somebody's hand, get out of your seat, go across the church and shake their hand and make an intentional, be intentional about it. Amen. If it really bothers you, then make sure you get outside of yourself and fix it. Hallelujah. Uh, I've said this before. There's a lot of people that do things in the church. They are very busy. They're trying to make the church service go forward. There's times where I might not shake your hand. It is not to offend you. I'm genuinely thinking about what I'm teaching, what I'm preaching, or I'm busy dealing or working with something or someone. 
Amen. And I just spaced it. If I don't say hello, please don't take offense to it. We are not an easily offended people. Amen. The Bible says, blessed are they which love your law and nothing shall offend them. We've got to love his word so much that nothing offends us. If somebody does something, uh, you didn't mean it. You just let it go and move on. Hallelujah. So in this community, we've, we've got to make people feel needed and noticed. But there are some things that we can find from the biblical context of a community. Acts chapter 2 and verse 44. Acts 2 and 44. And all that believed were together and had all things common. They would also say earlier that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. And that, that would translate out that they were devoted to the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. And they were devoted one to another. We've got to be devoted to our community. Let me just put it this way. For those that are what I would call checkers Christians, they hop from church to church until somebody crowns them king. Amen. <laughs> they just, the Bible says that God cursed Cain to be a vagabond and a wanderer. It is not the, it is a curse to be a wanderer. You have a particular gifting calling in the body, but if the foot is always running around church to church and they never build connections, never build community, they're not devoted to a community, they, they never find their place in the body, and subsequently the body hurts and they hurt. You know, when you, when you, if you were to cut off your toe, the body would survive unless it got gangrene. The body would survive. Elder Bobo just, you know, he's, he's, got, he's got an appendage that, that uh, the Lord took away. But, but his hand's fine. But that appendage is not. You wander and you get disconnected from the body. The body will hurt for a moment and a season. But the one that will truly be in danger is the one that's disconnected. You need to find a church. You need to find a pastor. You need to find a place where you can submit yourself, commit yourself, not wander, not chase around, not run around. You need to get in your place. Oh, somebody praise God. We ought to shout on that. You got to find your place in the body and be devoted, be committed to where God has placed you. Somebody lift up your hands and let's magnify him. Let me just say that it is not the will of God to wander, bounce from church to church. That is not the will of God. Absolutely not the will of God. So we've got to be devoted to our community. In order for our church to grow, our level of devotion to the community has to grow. Why would anybody you're connected to want to come to church if you don't want to come to church? It's hard to convince people if you yourself are not convinced. But if you yourself are convinced and committed that whether there are differences, whether you might be different than me, have a different ideology than I do, we are still devoted one to another. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, Acts chapter 2 and verse 45. And part of that devotion, we're going to go into this. Just one verse over. 
The Bible says, and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. Skipping over to 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 14. Let all your things be done with charity. I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanus, and it's the first fruits, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. That literally translates, they have devoted themselves to the ministry of the saints. Part of that devotion is we've got to have compassion and action towards this community. If we are going to be truly what God has called us to be, now does that mean that you go and uh, and you just sell everything you have and we live communally? Uh, no, no, we're taking a lot of things out of context if we go that direction. Amen. There were those that had houses and lands, plural. And they took the excess which they had and they sold it and they supplied as everyone had need. What is that stating? They had been so devoted one to another that they had compassion on each other. And as somebody had need, they began to they begin to meet that need as best they could. The Bible would say later on in the book of James, he's talking about the distinction between faith and works. And in that, he's saying, some would say they have faith, and they would see their brother destitute, naked, cold, hungry, and they would look at him and say, be warm, be clothed, be fed. And he said, what does it profit? Because that person will walk away, and they'll still be hungry, they'll still be cold, and they'll still be destitute. As a body of believers, as a community, we have to be willing to have compassion on our community. Now, let me just put it this way. We, we, we would love to help our entire city. We would love to. Eventually, one day, I'd love to have that ability to be able to do that. And uh, I believe in God that one day we will have that ability in Jesus' name. But first and foremost, we've got to be willing to help our community right here the church community. If we can get an attitude and a habit of helping our community, we can then branch out and help other communities. Amen. I know people that want to that want to just they want to do all sorts of things, amen, for other other communities and they want to send stuff across the world. Amen, but we've got needs in this local body that we've got to be willing. Now, let me just say this for the person that thinks, well nobody ever helps me. Well, I will say this that that you have to be proven, amen, there's, there's people that are coming, they call, I call them the church raccoon, hallelujah, <laughs> the church raccoon that just wants the free meal, I remember being a single young man, I was the church raccoon, hallelujah, but, uh, but there are people that they just thrive on taking, 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 and they never give anything back, that is not the will of God either, hallelujah, for you clock watchers, I've only been gone for 36 minutes, hallelujah, but uh, but there, 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 is, there is twofold. We have got to be a community that is giving and blessing. We are generous. We are compassionate. Uh, but at the same time, we cannot require out of somebody something that we ourselves will not go out and do. Amen. Uh, if, if somebody does not want to work or have a job and then they want everybody to take care of them, that's not the will of God. But if somebody is really truly struggling and trying and they've got a proven track record in the kingdom, amen, we ought to bind together as a body of believers and help them. Amen. I hope this is all right. We'll just, I promise you this will, this will bring revival. I promise you that. 
Because what is it going to do? It's going to make people feel noticed. But let me put the burden on the person that's in need. If you have needs, you got to let somebody know. Don't, don't hide it, hold on to it, and then be mad at everybody in the church and bitter. If you truly have needs and you are trying and you are struggling and you don't have food, I, if you don't have food, you come see me. I'll find a way to get you food. I'll cook you a meal. I, I don't care. I'll make you top ramen and cup of struggle. Amen. I will do whatever I have to do. If you are hungry, amen, if you need a coat in this winter, you come see me. I'll get you a coat. Hallelujah. And I believe there's just about anybody in the church would do the same. But if you don't let people know you have needs, no one can help you, and you can't be offended at them. Hallelujah. Somebody clap your hands. But what he is saying here in 1 Corinthians, that there was somebody, that there was a group of people that addicted themselves, they devoted themselves to the ministry of the saints. This is spiritual as well as physical. We are doing everything we can to have compassion on our community. And the Bible says that by this shall all men know you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. We, we have got a lot of passion as Pentecostals. Would you agree with that? Amen. You ever seen us just jump and shout and run and dance? Hallelujah. We've got a lot of passion. But sometimes where we are deficient is this word called compassion. Amen. We, we've, you know, there's people that are hurting and broken. They're going to walk into this community. And uh, we, we can't be so quick to judge them. We've got to have a moment where we step into their shoes. And everybody makes sense when you take a moment and look at it from their perspective. I didn't say they're right. But they are going to make more sense when you take a moment to say, why are they so deficient in this area? Why do they struggle in this area? Why do they have troubles? If we take the moment, get out of ourselves, come over to where they are, look from their perspective and see what they went through as a kid. Now, that's no excuse to stay the way you are. Amen. But it, it, it will make us be more compassionate. Jesus looked on the multitudes and he wasn't frustrated that they forgot food. He wasn't frustrated that they were ill-prepared. He said he looked at them as sheep having no shepherd, and he had compassion on them. When we look at our world and when we look at our church, we ought to have compassion on one another. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands, and let's, let's pray that God would deposit that in our spirit. Come on, just for a moment. Somebody pray that God would deposit that in our spirit. Jesus, we want to have compassion. We want to be devoted to our community. We want to have a Christian community, an apostolic community. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25. We hit on this a little bit last week. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. As a community, our frequency matters. I'm not talking about, you know, the radio frequency. I'm talking about the amount of times that we come together. It matters. For the person that says, well, I come to church, that, uh, I was uh, Elder Seward, he goes, do we have any CEOs in the house? And I go, what do you mean by that? He goes, Christmas and Easter only. <laughs> he cracked me up. And, I, I, you know, it's funny. There's some people that think, well, I just Christmas and Easter is the only time I go to church. That should not be the M.O. of the church. Amen. We ought to be coming together as much as humanly possible. And, uh, and, and we're going to get into a little bit more. Acts 2, verse 46. We're going to define this. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a whole preaching or teaching down the road on that about the temple and the house because they both matter. They went from the temple breaking bread from house to house and did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Amen. Verse, Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 12. 
Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 12. Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you of an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But he says this, exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you should be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Skipping back to Acts chapter 5 and verse 42. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and to preach Jesus Christ. You know how God adds to the church daily? We start having church daily. Biblical, apostolic church. Now, that doesn't mean that we're going to gather together every single day in this building, put on suits, ties, skirt, dress, all those things, and we're going to have a worship service, three songs and a poem. No. Uh, what it means is that we go from the temple and we also make it to the house. We assemble ourselves together so much the more as we see the day approaching. The community that God is building right here in this, in this local church, amen, is not one that stays within the four walls. But our community goes day by day by day from the church house to the individual house. Oh, somebody praise God. We've got to be the community that is frequent. Uh, for those that want to build a strong, if we want to build a strong church community, we can't have any CEOs. We only see you at Christmas and Easter. We've got to have people that are willing to get together often. As often, now let me just put this out there for the person that's easily offended. Well, nobody spends time with me, and you have nothing but time. There are people that have full-time jobs. They've got families. They've got kids. They've got a lot going on. Uh, that does, it is not their responsibility, amen, to have you over every single day. But we should all strive to get together, amen, not, not as a whole body, but in individual groups. Amen. There's sometimes after a service where we're going to go, and this is the fun part about community, we're going to go and we're going to grab food. You're going to find somebody. In fact, I would say this is one of the best ways to grow the church. Find a visitor. And you and bring them, you walk over to them and say, hey, uh, we're going to go to, I don't wherever your favorite place to eat is. We're going to go to Denny's. We're going to go to In-N-Out. We're going to go to wherever you like to go. Amen. Everybody's got different things that they like. Amen. But don't be offended if that's not somebody else's cup of tea. And you walk over to them and say, hey, would you like to come with us? What are you doing? You're inviting them into the community. Oh, this is revelation for somebody. But it's not just at the church house. It's in the temple and in the house. Uh, we've got to be willing to, you know, there's, it's very biblical. Now, you don't have to if you don't want to. This is not a, a, a mandate. There, it's very biblical to open up your home and to go to other people's homes. That, that is biblical. But you don't have to. Don't be offended if somebody never opens their home to you. Let it go. <laughs> Let it go because maybe they just, they just they're, maybe they're, their house isn't fully decorated and they just, you know, they don't like, you know, they don't like the mess that people bring. That's okay. You can invite them to your house, and maybe they are not the type that likes to go to houses. Uh, then meet them at Denny's. Hallelujah. Find a way to connect. But just understand, there's some people that maybe you're just, you guys might just always be a big miss high five. And you may never connect. Get over it. I say get over it. Go find somebody else and say, hey, would you like to go? And they say no. Hey, would you like to go? And, and, uh, and I had the ministry of misfits in my home church. Uh, you know, I, I was the one that was with all the people that nobody wanted to take out. 
I had a guy, oh, man, I picked up a guy that nobody, he, I saw him at our conference, and he, his nails were about that long, and he stunk to high heaven. My car would stink for a few days after picking him up for church. He was a homeless man. But I, I thought, man, I'm just, you know, I, I got I to try. And so I'd pick him up for church, and I'd take him out to eat afterwards, and I'd probably, I always, I always drove, whether it was winter or summer. I had the window cracked about that much so I could breathe. Uh, I had to be wise about being a soul winner, but, uh, but let me tell you, you never know what God's going to do if you open up your life and bring somebody into your community. Now, that may not be your ministry. You may not have the ministry of misfits like I did, uh, but go find somebody that you can connect with and get together with them every so often. It's very encouraging for a church community. Uh, you know, it's going to build a strong community when we come together if outside of this building people get together. Hallelujah. 47 minutes for the clock watch. I'm, I'm watching it today. But this is still very important. We've got to be willing to take our community outside these four walls. Does everybody agree with that? Hallelujah. Again, if that person always says no, you've never been to that, just let go of it. Go find somebody else. It'll be great. You'll be blessed. Hallelujah. But, but in this, breaking bread house to house, they have singleness of heart. They go with gladness. Amen. We... They went daily into the temple. They found themselves daily, amen, going house to house. It's got, we've got to increase our frequency of coming together. That doesn't mean all of us, but you find somebody. If you see somebody that's slipping, why don't you invite them out to eat? If you see somebody slipping, amen, try to say, hey, let's go grab breakfast. Hey, let's go and do this, that, and the other. You like golf and fishing? Go golfing and fishing. Somebody said hallelujah. First Peter chapter 4. Verse 8. So we've got to have our frequency of community increase. And uh, that doesn't mean that you have to only try to be nice to the pastor. Please find somebody in the church and be nice to them too. Man, I, I, try, to, I try to get with everybody that I can, whether I go to eat with them or go to their house. And uh, it, it might take me a while because there's only 52 weeks in the year. And we'll just try to do everything. And as the church grows, it'll get harder and harder. Uh, but what makes a strong community is it's that net where I, I might be connected to this individual. And they're connected to five other individuals and so on and so forth. But in, in a roundabout way, we're all connected. And we've all been in communication through the week. Hallelujah. Uh, but First Peter chapter 4 and verse 8. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. We talked about this a lot. Love among yourselves, for charity and love shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. Don't open your home if you're going to be mad about the fact that you had to open your home. Don't go out to eat if you're going to be mad that you had to go out to eat. You just, you'd be better off just staying home, doing your thing. Amen. But, but don't do it with grudging. Don't be mad about it. Uh, the attitude of the community has got to be very loving. It's got to be very kind. Everything we do has got to come out of the root of love. Somebody lift up your hands. Let's stand all across the building. Lift up your hands and let's pray. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody lift up your voice. We want to have a good apostolic community that people can come into, people can feel at home, people feel needed, they feel noticed. Amen. It's a community where we have we have made sure that we are we are in a relationship. We share our identity in Jesus. 
Amen. We are doing everything that we can. We are, we are devoted one to another. We have compassion one to another. We come together as much as humanly possible, whether it's in the church, in the home, at the restaurant. We're just, we're just trying to develop a community that people want to be a part of. Hallelujah. We give you glory, and we're doing it with love. We're doing it with joy. We're doing it with gladness. Acts 2 and verse 46, if we could pull that up one more time. The Bible says, and they continuing daily. So there we go. They have, they've devoted, they're continuing. Daily, they got frequency. Their attitude towards it, they were with one accord. We're going to talk about unity down the road. They were unified. They had one common goal, one common purpose. They were coming together to seek God, and they were going out to reach their world. They were breaking bread from house to house. They were, they were trying to make sure that community went outside the four walls. I, I, I'm telling you, there's coming a day where we might have a bigger church than is represented. And we, we probably already do. A bigger church than is even represented here tonight. Where we are connecting with people throughout our city. And they did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. That attitude of community is one that assembles together in devotion one to another. They make their way together to the house and to the temple. They have made sure that they are doing their best to have compassion on one another. They're breaking bread house to house. But their attitude is they had gladness and unity. Church, We've got, to, we've got to have a community that is so excited to come together. I want to tell you, my wife and I came all the way here in Carson City, Nevada. And we are so happy to be here. We're glad you're here too. We're glad to be here. Do you know that? There's some people, you'd, you'd, have, to, you'd have to do something crazy to get them to smile. When you come to church, David said, I was glad. I told my wife, I said, I said, when we come to Carson City, this isn't just going to be our church. This is going to be our family. This is going to be our community. Now, please have mercy. It takes time to build relationships with people. It just does. Have mercy on my wife and I. We'll have mercy on you as well. But I said, we came here to be in community, to be connected. And I'll tell you, that's what our world's looking for. There's a world that's coming from busted, broken homes just like I did that are looking for a community. They're looking for a place, a group of people that have gathered together to be in relationship that loves one another because they have a common identity in Jesus. Would you lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, would you pray, God, I want to have gladness. I want to have gladness when I come into the community. I want to have joy unspeakable and full of glory when I come before the church. When I come to worship 
or whether I'm just going to grab a cheeseburger. God, I want to have gladness. I want to have a community that has unification. But, Lord, I want to have joy. I want to have a smile on my face. David would put it this way. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. You know, when we remember where God has brought us from, we can start having that joy we had when we first got here. Amen. There's nothing like coming to church. There's nothing like being a part of God's body, being together with your brother and sister. Does anybody love the church? Does anybody love the community? I'm talking about the apostolic community God is building in Carson City. Does anybody, I know that this might seem abstract, but does anybody love the chairs you sit on? Does anybody love the music you sing? Does everybody love, hey, maybe you don't like the carpet, it's not your favorite, but I'm going to tell you, it's on this carpet we pray. It's at this altar we seek God's face. You might have a lot of things you might not like, but does anybody love the church? I want to I invite us to this altar. It's time for somebody to get that joy back, that community back. Amen. That, that, that feeling of gladness that we can come together so much the more as we see that day approaching. It's not a burden to come together. It's not annoying to come together. Amen. When I get to be with my brothers and sisters, whether it's on a church night or on an off night, I'm telling you, it's a joyous thing. It's a glad thing. It's a everything. Amen. It's a blessing. Would you lift up your voice and let's pray. Somebody needs to say, God, restore joy. Restore joy. I'm so thankful I get to come to the church. I'm thankful I have a place to worship. I'm thankful I have people to worship with. I'm grateful for the community and the body of believers, Lord. Come on, that's it. The Holy Ghost. Somebody pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, somebody pray. I know we've been hitting on this for a few weeks, but God is depositing it in our spirit. We've got to have an apostolic community. We've got to have a community that has unification. We've got to have a community that has joy and gladness. We've got to have a community that has compassion. Oh, come on, somebody pray in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice. Hallelujah, hallelujah.
it. Somebody ought to pray. Lord, help me to find my place in your kingdom. this building. Somebody pray in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. You have a place in the kingdom of God. You have a place in the body of Christ. And the sooner you find that place, the sooner you can feel like you're a part of what God is doing. Hallelujah. 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 Pray that God would speak. Pray that God would show you. And walk in your purpose. Walk in your calling. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, 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 amen. I want to tell somebody here today, church is never the same when you're not there. Did you know that? Well, I just, I don't think anybody notices me. I want you to know that, that maybe, maybe nobody texts you after service. We ought to, we probably ought to get better at that. Send somebody a text if you notice they're not there. But you know what? Churches isn't the same. Without somebody's smiling face, they're lifting up their hands in worship. You know, there's just nothing like coming together. Is anybody thankful to be in the house of God? Come on, is anybody glad you're in the church? I want to tell you, this is the greatest gift God ever gave me outside the Holy Ghost was the church. Hallelujah. Let's look forward to every time we get to come together. Let's come together with joy, with gladness, with singleness of heart, with unity. Let's get ready to come back this Sunday.